Okay, good morning, Bershus Rabbi Kron. So we are on Daf Kufya Tess. We're beginning the last Barak and Yavamos. So the Mishnah tells us Haisha Shahalach Bala Bitsarasa Umadina Sayam. So you have a woman whose husband and her co wife are going overseas, they're traveling away. And um, Rashi explains that we're talking about a situation where the husband has no children either from the, this wife or from the co-wife. And she, it's reported to her that the husband has died. She's not allowed to get married and she's not allowed to do yibam. So she's not allowed to do um, to get married because because we know that since the husband didn't have children, in theory she is a zika to do yibam with his brother. However, she may not be able to do yibum because if this co-wife happened to have given birth to a child, um, then then she would be ineligible to do yibum. And in fact, it's an iser, it's an, it's an erva for her to marry her husband's brother. So she can't get married or do yibum. Until she learns that maybe her tsara was pregnant. If she's able to, what, until she's able to determine that that Sarah is either pregnant or not pregnant, she doesn't know how to proceed. So now if she had also had a mother-in-law that also was living out of the area, she's all in Dina Sayam. And so in that case, we have an, another complication because if that mother-in-law gave birth in this time, then maybe that um, we're talking about a situation, so let me back up. So we're talking about a situation in this case where maybe this guy didn't have any brothers, so therefore you wouldn't have to worry about Yibam, but if the mother-in-law happens to have given birth to a brother in this time, then she would be a Zika, right? So you, this is a different, different, different scenario where the status of the mother-in-law might dictate whether she has to Yibam or not. So we don't worry about this. So therefore we're not concerned that their mother will gave birth to a son over in Medina Sayyam, and therefore she's bound for Yibam, but she can get married. Yatsamalea, however, if the mother-in-law, when she left for Medina Sayyam, happened to have been pregnant at the time, Kosheshes, then we have to worry about that maybe she gave birth to a boy. Um, however, Rabbi Yeshua Omer Eino Kosheshes, we don't have to worry about this, and therefore she's allowed to get married without doing you know, significant investigation. So now the Gemara asks, my heat sarasa. So when we said up above that you have to check about whether the co-wife was pregnant, it says Shemam Uberet heat sarasa. Maybe the maybe she the tsara is was pregnant. So what's this extra word he? What's the purpose of it? It's not necessary. You could have said Shemam Uberet Sarasa or Shema Uberes, any of those combinations. So we have an extra word or so. So Kamash Malan, we learn from this. Now we worry about that this co-wife was the one who may have been pregnant. But we're not worried, in theory, that if the husband had gone off to Medina Sayyam, he might have married someone else. So we're not worried that there might be other co-wives out there. We only worry about the one co-wife that we know that he went with. Okay, now, in the first part of the mission, it says, She's not allowed to get married, she's not allowed to do Yibam. We, we would understand that she can't do Yibam. Why? The Dilma Ibrahim. Maybe um, the, the, the Tsara is pregnant. If the Tsara is pregnant, then she doesn't have to do, she's not allowed to do Yibam. 
the kafanta ve'eshes achda reisad. If she would then do yibum with the brother, she'd be over on the Easter da'reisa of marrying the brother of her husband. But why do we say that she's not allowed to marry this, uh, uh, you know, just a regular old guy, not do yibum? Um, why do we say that? The, the answer is, Halach Acha Rov Nashim. We follow the majority of women. Rov Nashim is Abras Bialadas. Most women, if they're married to, if they're off and they're married over a period of time, they're going to, um, they're going to become pregnant and give birth. So there is a, you know, there is a likelihood that she will have, that the co-wife will have been given birth, and therefore we shouldn't necessarily have to worry about her marrying someone else. So again, what we're going to talk about now is um, a couple of concepts, a concepts, uh, concepts of odds and probability, as well as the concepts of Chazaka, we'll get into that a little bit. So, so should we say that the Mishnah is following the opinion of Rabbi Meir? Rabbi Meir was known that he would always worry about minority opinions, and therefore, even something, even if the odds of something was 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 small, he would um, care for that sort of opinion. So, Gemara answers: Afilotei You could say that a Mishnah might follow the Rabbanan. For when did the Rabbanan follow a majority, in other words, a higher level of probability? Ruba, the Isa Kaman. They would only do that in a case when the, the majority is before us, meaning that you, when you're looking at the odds, the, uh, meaning the majority odds, you're, you're doing it in a fact-based. Kagon, Teishacha, New York, with Sanhedrin. So maybe you have nine, in case of nine stories, what does that mean? That means if... You're on a street, you're on Cedar Lane, and Cedar Lane happens to have 10 butcher stores on one block. Nine of those butcher stores are kosher and one is not, and there's a piece of meat found on the street. You could assume by, by likelihood of probability that the, there's a, a high probability based on the fact that there's nine out of 10 are kosher that the food is kosher. Or similarly by the Sanhedrin, and Sanhedrin would have 23 people on it. Even if a vote was 12 to 11, that majority was enough to be considered a majority. Ava Ruba Delessa come on. But when you have a case of where the where the majority is not a fact based, but it's like a probability based, Lo Aslan Rabana Basaruba. The Rabana didn't follow this type of, of their of majority. They wouldn't base it on anything. So so we're gonna not like this answer. Vahari Katanaktana the Ruba Delessa come on. But we talk about a um, a child that a boy or a girl who is a minor. So um, this is a case where it's not a fact-based. But the Rabbanan followed the majority probability. The Tanya, we learned in the Baraisa. The Katan and the Tana don't do Chalitza, and they don't do Yibam. Divrei Rabbi Meir, this is what Rabbi Meir says. Amrlel Rabbi Meir, so the Chachamim says Rabbi Meir. We follow you, we agree with you that the Children should not do chalitza. Why? Because ish ksiba parsha. Because when it talks about chalitza, it uses the word ish. By ish, it means specifically an adult male. Umakshinan ishal isha. And therefore, we compare, um, we do the same thing. We, we say that the women and men follow the same rule. And therefore, they have to be an adult for them to do chalitza. Elamatam eni miyabim. But why don't the um, children do yibum? Yibum, it doesn't have the word ish. Amalhem, Rameir would apply Katan Shema Yimatse Saras. He, again, Rameir always follows, you know, always is careful about the minor opinion. There is a possibility that the Katan is a Saris. He's going to be 
um, unable to have children. Or the girl won't be able to have children. Therefore, if they have relations with the the with the um, with the brother, they're considered um, doing erva, and therefore they would not do yibum. For Rabbanan Savre and the Rabbanan who would allow who would therefore allow the yibum for a child, they would say zil basa roba They follow the majority of kids. Rov tanim lav Most children are not serisim. Zil basa rov tanos. Similarly, when it comes to girls, rov tanos lav lav elunasnino. So again, so they're not saying factually. There, we're talking about ten children, and nine of them we know are not are not serisim or elunas. We say generally the statistics tell us that um, the probability of some being a saris or elunas is low, and therefore we don't follow that. We we follow majority majority. The like, likely majority is that they're not Srisim and they would follow that. So, so again, you can't say that they're abundant, only follow the majority of the minority based upon fact based probability. Elma Mechavarte. So, the clear, clear understanding is the Masnis and Rabbi Meir. The Amishta must be following the view of Rabbi Meir, who was always worried about the minority view. But my Ukimta, how do we know this? How can we establish that this is really the case, Rabbi Meir, that it follows Rabbi Meir? Ema Seifa, what about the second part of the Mishnah that we talks about Haisla Chamos? He has the guy has a mother in law. Enochashes. We said we're not worried about the fact that the mother in law gave birth while she's away. So am I, if we're gonna follow the opinion of um Rabbi Meir, why wouldn't we worry about maybe there's a Yavam? Um Halach Acharov Nashim that we follow that we follow the case uh we might follow the case of majority of women. Rov Nashim is Abros Vildos, majority of women, like we said earlier, when a woman is married and she's having relations with her husband, the likelihood is, is that she's going to get pregnant and have children. So the answer is Miyam Apila. Now, a percentage of those women who get pregnant are, God forbid, going to miscarry. The Cholayoldos, Mechzas Charb, and Mechzas And of the children that are born, 50% are going to be boys and 50% are going to be girls. So therefore, so if you take the 50% that are going to be girls and you add to it the additional percentage that are going to be um, non-viable pregnancies, that the likelihood of having a, the, the mother-in-law having a boy is actually less than 50%. It's actually a minority. So maybe the Rabbi Meir should worry about the fact that the mother-in-law um, is of this type of minority situation, and if she gives birth while she's away, there's this, even though there's a twenty-eight percent chance that it's going to be a boy, that Rabbi Meir should say that the that the widow uh, that this woman shouldn't be allowed to marry until she until she knows factually that her mother-in-law did not give birth to a son. But maybe Dilma came on the Ichsak So now we're going to say that there's also the the the. Other argument here is the concept of chazaka. Chazaka is that when some someone is in a, a certain status, and what has to happen to change that status? Dilma came the ichsik So since this widow is her status is that maybe she has the the like the, the the general status she has the chazaka that she's allowed to marry someone else um, because there was when the mother-in-law left when the husband went overseas and the mother-in-law left. There was no child born. There was no child out there, and therefore she has a chazaka that there's no yibum. There's no there's no zika that she would have had, 
and therefore she doesn't have to worry about it because when they left, the chazaka was that this 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 person was not in the world. So like Lochi, so Rav, Rav, Rav Meir isn't worried about the possibility that her status changed. But what he does is he says, all right, she left with the chazaka, and therefore we believe the chazaka. So Kumar answers, Reisha, if we follow the chazaka, then in the first part of the Mishnah, when the woman's husband, who had a brother, left, um, then the ichsik liyibam. Then we know that maybe the woman had a chazaka that she should have a zika to the brother. You know, we said at the beginning that we have to find out if the tsara had a baby. When the tsara left, she wasn't pregnant. There was no baby, but there was a brother. So therefore, when she left, there would have been a zika. The chazaka would have been that there would have been a zika for this woman to have to do yibam with the brother. Um, Tiyabe, but therefore she has to do yibam based upon chazaka. So why would the Mishnah tell us that she can't do yibam until we know the, the, the actual facts? Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Barabua, Reisha, the Easter Kares. Maybe when we're talking about the first case of our Mishnah, it's an Easter Kares, that if she marries her husband's brother when she shouldn't, it's an Easter Kares. Chashashu, and therefore they were worried about this possibility. So even though she had a Chazaka, um, they wouldn't allow her to, to get married without this. But Seifa, the Easter Lav, in the latter case, when all we're talking about is the concept of whether she should go to her her Yavam or not, that is not a Kares prohibition. They're not worried about it. So even though they're, they're both Lavim, one has Kares and one does not. And the one that has Kares is where they would require her to double verify. Um, Amarava, Michti, let's, let's, what are we talking about here? In both cases, the case of whether that she's not allowed to marry her brother's wife, that's the Easter Da'araisa, as well as the case of that she's required to do Yibam before she marries someone else, that's also a Da'araisa. Mali Easter Kares, Mali Easter Lav. Why would we say that? Oh, because one gets Kares and one does not. We, we allow one and we, we, we're more careful about one and we don't care. We're not less careful about the other. We don't usually do that when it comes to something that's a Da'araisa. Ela Amarava, but this is what Rava said. Turning to Ahmed Bey's, in the Reisha, in the um, first part of the Mishnah, where the husband had a brother and he left without children, and the question is about whether the Tsara, the co-wife, had children when he was away, Chazaka Yibam, the Chazaka says that the widow is um, has a Chazaka of Yibam, the Ruba Lashuk, and the majority of people um, are... Um, the majority says that she would be she would be allowed to um, that she would be um, she would be allowed to marry other people and she would be prohibited to do yibam. The chazaka lo adif kiruba. Chazaka is not as strong as the concept of ruba majority. So we wouldn't allow the wife to do yibam on the basis of chazaka. Um, and there, but we also, but Rabbi Meir would also not allow her to do. To do um, to do yibam, why? He took me. He took a bit of pilos because he would he would follow the minority case. So again, Rabbi Mayor always worried about the minority. The ihu miuta de mapilos. So when you add in the number of of women that are actually going to have going to miscarry, you would ultimately wind up with that with the fact that the the woman may may not have may not have um, given birth to a viable child. And if you add that in with the concept of chazaka, which gives us the possible pro, possible status that the wife would have to do yibam, 
Um, the combination of these two things, according to Rav Meir, A plus B is better. So having the, the majority and having the Chazaka is better for, or having the minority for Rabbi Meir and having the Chazaka is better for Rabbi Meir. So the question about whether the widow is, is, is has to do Yibam or is allowed to do um, or is allowed to marry people from the general population is kind of winds up being like a 50-50 split. And therefore, and therefore, she's in limbo. So in the first case, she winds up being in limbo, and that's why you have to kind of investigate it. Seifa, in the second case, when it comes to the mother-in-law, chazaka l'shuk v'rubel l'shuk, the majority and the, and the chazaka are the same. The chazaka tells us that she, she, she should be allowed to marry the regular anybody else because when she left, there was no brother in the world. Um, the havile the likelihood that the mother-in-law was one of those who gave birth to a viable child and that viable child was a boy is also a miyut, it's also a minority. Rabbi Meir wouldn't worry about a, a very small minority and therefore the Mishnah would allow her to bury the general population. So with this, we'll stop. We'll pick up again tomorrow. But for now, everyone should have a wonderful day.